0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: You are Locked On Big 12, your daily podcast on the Big 12 Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here on the Locked On Big 12 podcast. It is Wednesday, June 2nd, 2021, and on the show today. Steven Simcox joins me to discuss the Big 12 teams for them that are in the NCAA baseball tournaments. So that should be a fun conversation. Hope you guys enjoy this one. Let you know that uh, tomorrow morning, and or probably tonight, I will release a show. I'm going to record with Chris Plank, the play-by-play voice of the Oklahoma Sooners softball team. We are going to preview the NCAA softball uh, uh, College World Series, and so you guys, it's definitely worth uh, checking that one out when Chris and I talk, uh, recording with him later this afternoon. Going to be a fun show. So hope you guys enjoy my uh, conversation with Stephen Simcox today, and one am with Chris Plank coming up later today as well. Let's do it. All right, we'll go in three, two, and one. All right, we're in the month of June, and it is time for our weekly catch-up with Stephen Simcox of Locked On Horn Frogs. And Stephen, it is time. Well, we've got six six Big Twelve teams involved in Diamond Sports right now. Period. Uh, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State are in the softball college world series which begins this week. But uh, the college baseball tournament is set and four Big 12 teams uh, are in it. It is going to be TCU hosting a regional, Texas hosting a regional, uh, Texas Tech hosting a regional, and then Oklahoma State is a very game two seed in the Tucson Mm -hmm. Regional. Uh, Four teams make it. Obviously, Oklahoma and Baylor were the two who were on the edge that we thought maybe with their performances in the Big 12 tournament could find themselves in a, the NCAA tournament. But it turned out to be the likes of a team like a Kansas State or a West Virginia that really we weren't thinking about actually had the best chance of being one of those teams because Oklahoma Baylor did not play well. I actually thought
2: Kansas State especially and, and West Virginia too made pretty good acquittings of themselves. You no, know, they did. K-State, uh, they really closed the season strong, and I thought they might get more consideration, you know, given how they, they won series against Texas Tech and TCU during the regular season. They played really well in the uh, Big 12 tournament. They were one game away from making the championship game. Eventually, just ran out of pitchers, unfortunately, in a short amount of time and couldn't get it done. But they were a, a solid team that, that closed the season strong. Um, And and Baylor, it's pretty obvious that they were firmly in the field at one point, but just going two and six in their last eight games knocked them out. So kind of a weird year for the Big 12. I mean, three teams that ended up as national seeds that are going to host a regional and potentially a super regional if they can make it. uh, But only four teams in the field. I think all these teams are set up to make a run, as you stated there, which would be good for the conference.
0: So what did you make of, of Texas getting the number? I believe they're the number two overall seed, right? What did yeah. you make of that? Because they did not close out their season very strong in the uh, in the in the, the Big 12 tournament. Now I know they did win, I think they won what, two or three games, two games. They won two games, yeah. Uh, they won two, but they went two and two, right? So it was not the strong closeout that we thought. Regardless of that, do you still think they deserve the number two overall seed?
2: I was okay with it. I mean, they've been super consistent. I believe their only series loss this year uh, was to Texas Tech, and then it wasn't really a series, but they opened the season 0-3 against SEC competition over at Global Life Field, and none of the Big 12 teams, uh, unfortunately, particularly did well in that opening weekend. But, you know, they got a a really deep pitching staff. Their lineup is solid. Bullpen is good. Uh, I think they were helped out by – Vandy and you know Tennessee—they won a couple games in the SEC tourney, but neither of those teams seem to take it super seriously. Arkansas is obviously—it appears head and shoulders better than everybody right now. Uh, you know, we'll see how they hold up in, in tournament play, but during the regular season, um, they were just a monster, monstrous force that you couldn't really stop. So, I wasn't shocked. I mean, I know D1 baseball had them at like number three. I just think it was obvious that those three teams, Texas, Tech, and TCU, uh, got more respect from the committee than we initially thought. Because I, I really thought that two teams would end up hosting um, or be a national seed hosting both rounds. I felt like Tech played their way out of it with the way they played in the Big 12 tournament. Um, but the committee obviously thought that those three teams were really, really good. And the fact that Texas kind of prevailed over uh, that group had them high up there at that number two spot.
0: Yeah, I, I think what Texas, you know, the big thing for me, and we've talked about it a whole lot, is the the number three guy is always a spot for so many baseball teams, right? I mean, so many college baseball teams. It's like you know, great Friday, Saturday stuff, and then Sunday, it's mm-hmm. like, oh, well, we know we got a freshman who we threw a couple times middle of the week in case that guy, you know, looked good against Arkansas state and Texas Southern, but you know, right. uh, if the junior didn't work out, you know, we throw him in, you know, we throw this guy in on Saturday and, or on Sunday rather, and see how he looks. The, Texas had legitimately three guys. They've had three guys all year. They've got three guys that they really trust uh, and Kubachak Madden and then Tristan Stevens. And I'm not saying I, none of those guys have been, uh, I would say super elite, right? Like, you know, just absolute, oh my God, wow you, you know, Steven Strasberg at San Diego State type, type stuff. None of those guys are, are that, but they're all really good. They're all really good, especially Stevens and Madden. And I think, you know, the fact that you can throw out a guy like Kubitschek if you need to, if you play in a long weekend type situation, right? That guy is, I mean, your third starter is going to come into play at some point during a regional uh, or during any any, you know, tournament setting. So I think the fact that Texas has three of those guys, even though it didn't quite manifest itself uh, to a championship in the Big 12 tournament, I think that's really what benefits them moving forward into the end of the end uh, the actual NCAA baseball tournament.
2: Their pitching depth is definitely their biggest strength. And I think Pete Hansen's another guy. He was hurt for a lot of the year, but he has some flexibility. He can start if they need him to. He could also be someone that could just eat up some innings in a long release situation, which is a great luxury to have. But, yeah, they have three legit starters, and and that's pretty rare. Yeah, they have four of them, actually, honestly. I mean,
0: yeah. Yeah, they, they, have, and, I mean, they have really yeah, four, four
2: guys that could go out there and pitch. Um, and that's why they've been so good all year long. That's why they've won series all year long is because on Sunday in a rubber match against good teams, you know, they have that third arm that can go. Uh, I, I feel like the biggest thing for UT is, you know, Ty Madden looked like a – high draft pick early in the year just dominant missing a lot of bats and ever since he had this blister situation that came up against Texas Tech I mean he's been fine but he hasn't been that same dude Uh, you know he struggled in a couple starts against West Virginia which is surprising because the Mountaineers they don't have a a really great lineup but they were able to square up some balls on him so can he get back to that form you know I, I seriously doubt they'll start him against Southern on Friday night I think they'll save him for later in the weekend but can he get back to that guy uh, that can really go? Because if you look at their super regional matchup, potentially Florida, who is very talented. And actually, I think Florida was at one point preseason number one. They just hadn't ever manifested itself like people thought it would. So that's a good team, and they have a lot of talent. You're going to need all those arms uh, later on. But, yeah, I think definitely in, in a regional situation where you could be playing multiple games in multiple days, they're set up better than anyone with, with the depth they have on the mound.
0: Quick pause for the cause on today's show. Today's locked on big 12 podcast is brought to you by our friends at built bar. Built bar is the best tasting best for you. Protein bar out there right now. They've got nine flavors. You can check them all out at builtbar.com. Coconut, coconut, almond, cherry, raspberry, mint, brownie, peanut butter, brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. There really is something for everybody with all nine of those flavors. 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar as well. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKED15. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, LOCKED15. And you'll get 15% off your next purchase there. Once again, BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off today at BuiltBar.com.
1: The NCAA tournament is almost here. Listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: Yeah, I mean, you look across. Also, you know, I totally blamed on Pete Hansen. It's a great point because if you look across the board, I mean, especially his last four starts he wouldn't have a total of four runs and he's going at least six innings at all the starts so i mean Mm -hmm. he is you know and then i talk about this so much in the locked on nationals podcast i mean if you're giving you know the major leagues if you're giving your team uh six seven innings of two run ball uh you should win a team like texas if your starter's giving you that kind of contribution you should definitely be winning every game so yeah the the time Madden, you know the obviously when you, when you think about blisters, right? The first guy that comes to your mind in major leagues, at least in my opinion, I'm not sure if you have somebody else, Rich Hill, right? Rich Hill is somebody that's battled. And what's really interesting about it is with that, you can be lights out in a game, but you either have to come out of a game or you have to miss your subsequent start when you're scheduled, right? Because mm-hmm. that blister issue persists. So I think two things, one, it's something to watch, right? And
2: two, Luckily, they have pitching depth to offset that potentially. They do. It it has been surprising to me that they really didn't give him a week off. Now, it was sort of bad timing because he pitched against Tech, and then the next weekend was TCU, so they needed him. Right. Um, They considered pushing his start back a day, but he was like, no, I want the ball. And then he's just been kind of going since then. So maybe, you know, not throwing on Friday, because I seriously doubt they put him out there in that first game. Will help. Maybe they could even save him, you know, to for a, a bullpen session on Saturday because this this regional does set up pretty well for them. I think he'll get a start for sure. Uh, but if he has eight or nine days in between starts, that could be a good thing for UT, given how he struggled down the stretch here a little bit.
0: Yeah, they've got Southern as the four seed, Arizona State as the two seed in Fairfield. So it's an interesting one because they've got Southern obviously, and they've got Arizona State, who is, I mean. Prominent name, but also was last seen getting absolutely shellacked by UCLA, That's at least last time I saw them. They're getting yeah. absolutely shellacked by UCLA. And then Fairfield is that weird – that one of those weird teams from a non-power conference that is 37 and 37-3, <laughs> right? But you don't know how what to make of that. You don't know how to, you know, how to make of that. Uh, so it's interesting. Let's go to TCU now. So TCU, your Big 12 champions, um, they – they dropped that. It was the first game, right? They dropped. They were in uh, in Oklahoma. Oh, second game rather to Kansas mm-hmm. State. You know, it was. It's getting to the point where it's. It was kind of like, all right, Texas Tech. You know, thing they get the win seven two. They cool down that that you know that really good offense, and then here comes Kansas State, who just seems to have their number, right? And it's like, okay, mm-hmm. Kansas State. That's three of the last four. I love how they turn around. They turn around and beat the brakes off Kansas State. They expose you know a lack of pitching depth. A lot of teams have at that point in time. And they I mean, in, in three of their four tournament games, you know, if you count, if you well, just I'll even count that that one where they scored two runs, uh, they scored a total of quick math here, 38 runs in those in those four games. Right. Uh, the last two, they scored a total of 27 runs. They run ruled K-State. Um, and then they have, you know, they, the offense wins them the championship. I mean, talk about bats getting hot at the right time. Right. That's that's kind of the situation that TCU's in right now.
2: Yeah, it was a good confidence builder for them. And they actually, you know, all year long, uh, I and people that listen to the pod or just follow TC baseball have been asking me, why is Porter Brown not getting, you know, more at bats? Why is he not in the lineup more? Um, and, And I was pushing for that too. I think ultimately he struggles in the outfield at times. And they had a couple guys in Elijah Nunez and Luke Boyers who were better defensively. But they put him in that leadoff spot and he stayed in there all tournament long. He ends up being most outstanding player. He had a six RBI game against Oklahoma state in the championship game. And I think he was just a huge spark plug for them. Um, he's gets on base. He steals bases. Some guys that were really driving the ball early in the year and then started to struggle down the stretch, like Zach Humphries and Braden Taylor. They also uh, got better, but the biggest thing for TCU, the lineup getting their confidence is great. and And that's like, if this team, doesn't make a run. That's what's going to be the, the catalyst for him. And that's what's been the catalyst all year is they grind out at bats to get guys on they score a lot of runs. Um, you know, Russell Smith threw against Texas Tech and he's their number one starter. And he pitched six innings. He only gave it two runs. That was his best start in a couple weeks. Also their bullpen looked better. They had a couple guys, young guys like Garrett Wright and uh, um, Augie Milbauer, who's, he's actually not a young guy. He's a little older, but they came in and gave him some good innings. And if if the starters, which which I talked about this with you before, Josh, that starting pitching, they just they haven't been going deep in games. It's been a problem. You know, even in the Big 12 tournament, Austin Crowe, in that game they won he, against Kansas State. He only pitched four innings. But if they can score a lot of runs and they can kind of piece together this bullpen situation, then they're a much better team. They're still obviously flawed. I, I think it's going to be tough if you, you're starting pitching doesn't go five or six innings every time out. But they, they kind of have a formula to win, especially if they can stay in the winner's bracket in these tournament formats. Because as you said, you know, K-State had their number. Well, by the end of it, they were throwing a position player basically out there trying to get a few innings to start the game, and, and that blew up in their face. So they, I think they built some confidence, some things got right, and I feel much better about their postseason chances now than I did a week, week ago coming off that, that tough series against Kansas State in the regular season.
0: Yeah, I just want to mention, you know, we talk about Porter Brown, uh, getting a look at him this past week, I mean, it's a guy that's got 12 hits in his last six games on a six-game hitting streak. Um, having somebody who's that red-hot top of the order setting the table for you is is so important. And, you know, speaking to you especially, like it seems like you've had some reservations about this team. And I think it's I think it's fair because even though they won the Big 12 tournament, you kind of look at the, the scoring output and they need, I mean, they needed all that output against Oklahoma State, right? They needed yeah, uh, it felt like they needed all those runs because Oklahoma State was, you know, with their offense is is always in it. So I mean, are you are you feeling as confident as you have in all season about TCU? Or you know, did the Big 12 tournament change your opinion about how you feel about them heading into the, the NCAA tournament?
2: I mean, I feel pretty good. I think they have a tough regional, um, you know, they play the two seed there is Oregon state right. who is not as good as they've typically been, but a good program. Uh, Dallas Baptist always a factor in, in these postseason uh, situations. They're the three seed. And then I wasn't really concerned about McNeese state at all. And I'm, I'm ultimately not, but I saw Kendall Rogers say, they have a good pitcher, William uh, Dion, who's had a, a great season. So he's going to be starting against TCU on Friday night, and he'll give them a chance if he throws well, I guess, to stay in that game. Um, I, I feel pretty good. I, I think, you know, they have, they have some pretty obvious issues with, with starting pitching. They've found some ways to work around that. Uh, they're going to need to score, and they're going to need their bullpen to be good. But, you know, in that tournament, too, another interesting thing, and this has been something for them all year – they just got to find a way, Josh, to stay away from big innings. I mean, that game they lost to K-State, they gave up four runs, and a lot of that was started by an error that, you know, led to some some uh, extra at-bats. And then after that, they only gave up one run over the last eight innings, but they couldn't come back from that four-run deficit. Uh, you know, against Oklahoma State, they end up coming back, but they take a 2 nothing lead, and then they give up five runs in the next half inning, and then they're able to settle in and – pitch pretty well after that but if they can avoid you know those big deficits um then i think they'll be okay it's just you know they'll walk a guy hit a batter give on some you know let on some free bases and then things start to implode so that's what they're going to have to stay away from in in postseason play and that was another problem in the games they lost in, in the big 12 tournament uh,
0: moving on to Texas Tech, they they have a very difficult draw. It seems like to me. Uh, you can grab me if I'm wrong there, but this draw they've got in their regional with with they got West Point, the four seed. UCLA is the two, and North Carolina is a three. I mean, traditionally speaking, those are two really good, very good programs. Uh, yep. They have in their in their in their in the regional rather. Um, to me, the story with Texas Tech is: look, they've got. They've got, you know, with the lineup, I mean, they've got three killers in the lineup. They got a really top heavy lineup, obviously, by Drew Baker, who was, I, was Conference Player of the Year, uh, from, uh, mm-hmm. I believe. You're right. Yep. And I mean, he's, 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 he's gonna be a very good baseball. He's gonna be a very good pro. That guy is a, a very good pro. I think, first of all, if you've not watched Drew Baker this year, um, that's somebody that, you know, you want in your major league team uh, because of, to me, at the plate at least, he brings he brings it all. He's got he's got good power. He got good pop. He's got speed. He's got smarts. Um uh, I think when you watch him, you say, yeah, that's the best guy in the field normally.
2: No, he's he's fantastic. He's a great player at the top of the order. He has power, can run. Um, you know, he's good in the field as well. I mean, yeah, the first thing you think about with tech, they just have one through nine guys that can mash. I mean, Drew Baker at the top. Um, Jace Young is a fantastic player, you know, Braxton Fulford can go yard. Yeah, Cal, Cal Conley has been awesome this year. Yeah. He can, he can hit the ball, the ballpark. And they also had, they had a lot of home runs too. I think they're 10th in the nation
0: in terms of the long ball, but is there, are there some concerns about their pitching maybe?
2: Yeah, there are. I mean, so they, they've had some injuries that have really hurt them and their rotation right now, Micah Dallas and Patrick Monteverde, um, good pitchers, but they don't have nearly the depth that Texas does. They're kind of like TCU. They're usually piecing things together. So that's a concern. I think the good news for Tech is that they're obviously hosting. And in Lubbock, that wind blows out. It is set up for them to hit the ball and hit the ball well. But you mentioned UCLA. West Coast team, they play a lot of small ball. And every UCLA team I've ever come across, and I haven't dug into their pitching numbers yet, but they just have good arms. They always have good arms. You know, that's a a typical deal with those California West Coast teams. So if if that sets up to be your winner's bracket game, considering, you know, Tech takes care of business against Army, and then UCLA is able to defeat North Carolina, that will be huge. Because if Tech has to, you know, come back and win two games later on against UCLA, it's going to be tough for them because they just don't have the guys on the rotation and the starting in the bullpen to get it done. However, if they're able to, you know, stay in that winner's bracket, um, keep their rotation pretty solid, not have to scramble, then I think they definitely have the offense to get it done. But, yeah, interesting draw. And then if they make the Super Regionals, they'll play the winner of the Stanford Regionals. So they're really uh, sending these West Coast teams out to Lubbock, which is kind of fascinating. But UCLA, another program. Um, that has been in multiple World Series is always a factor. Just didn't have the year they typically uh, do so far this season.
0: One more quick pause for the cause on today's show. Today's Locked On Big 12 podcast is brought to you by our friends at betonline.ag. Betonline.ag is the best place to get all of your news, odds, and scores for all the sports that you care about. You guys can bet on MLB, NHL, NBA, NBA, Uh, NFL, college football, futures are available right there uh, now, UFC, boxing. All of those things are available at betonline.ag. If you go there today on your mobile device or your computer, you sign up, use the promo code LOCKEDON, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, LOCKEDON, and you'll receive a 50% deposit bonus. What that means is if you deposit $100, it'll give you an extra $50 to play with right now at betonline.ag once again go there today make an account use that promo code locked on for a 50 percent deposit bonus bet online your online sportsbook experts
1: the NCAA tournament is almost here and listening to locked on college basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket so don't wait Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: And then finally, Oklahoma State. Uh, they, they are playing, I think, I think it's safe to say they're playing their best baseball uh, mm-hmm. right now. It's a really well-coached team. It's a team I think it's found its identity here later on in the season. Um, obviously the two seed, but I think they they, you know, they feel like they are playing one seed caliber baseball right now as they head to Tucson.
2: Yeah. Oklahoma State's in a good way right now. Um, You know, a couple players for them that if you haven't had a chance to watch them, i encourage you to Justin Campbell. He's a a freshman, really a sophomore because of COVID he still listed a freshman, great pitcher. He's their ace. And he also is in the lineup from time to time. So he plays both ways, which is a fun thing about college baseball. Uh, but, you know, with him and um, Parker, they got a good rotation. Their lineup is solid, uh, and, Car- and Cardenasio and Card- and Card- and on strand is one of the best hitters in the conference. Um, he just always makes contact, always drives the ball. So I like this for Oklahoma State. You know, Arizona, really good Pac-12 team. Um, I know they can hit the ball. They-, they can really mash. So that should be a fun matchup if those two teams get there. But I definitely think Oklahoma State could get out of that Tucson regional. I don't think that's a stretch at all to say the Pokes could get it done because they looked impressive uh, winning games against Oklahoma and West Virginia and Texas in the Big 12 tournament.
0: Nine SEC teams make the NCAA tournament field. Uh, Eight for the ACC, six for the Pac-12, rather, four for the Big 12, nice four for the Conference USA, uh, three for the Big 10, two for the – American and then uh, also you got some other conferences as well, but yeah, I mean you know it's it's just nine teams from the SEC. It's um, you know it, it's it's a couple of things. It's regional number one, right? I mean that yeah. that area of the country is notorious. It, it's one of the, it's the most baseball rich part of the country for sure. It's taken. I mean they take it really seriously, right? Uh, you know you could. I'm not saying basketball is the third sport, but I mean, you, you look at the crowds at some S look, I, I've been to, I went to the University of Missouri. i went to a lot of SEC basketball games. Sometimes you go and you watch SEC baseball games and you say, there's more people there. And a couple of years ago, the, the, the LSU Tigers outdrew the Miami Marlins in attendance. Uh, that is absolutely true. That actually happened. So <laughs> it's just, and, um, you know, all these teams bring something different to the table. It's exciting to see, uh, would your money be on the, the SEC team winning at all? I mean, I think Tennessee and Arkansas are the two teams that I like. I think Vanderbilt gets a lot of the attention because of two arms they have, but Tennessee and Arkansas yeah. to me seem like two of the team, and almost too. I think another team that, that seems super dangerous to me too.
2: Yeah, SEC baseball, man. I mean, so much of college baseball is with the scholarship limits, who's going to just invest and you know make up for that differential. And those schools have decided, like we're we're gonna pour money into it, like Arkansas and Vandy, Vandy especially. I mean, they've just they've kind of said, "Hey, we're not good at football. We are so a baseball school. We are we are baseball a baseball school. school. Yes, like we're just gonna become a baseball school. That's what we're gonna do. Uh, which is kind of a weird thing in the SEC, but it, it's a fact. I would, yeah, I would take Arkansas if, if against the field right now. If I had to, I mean, they just they're so good. I really find it hard to see somebody beating them twice Uh, but you know we see upsets all the time in these regional situations in a super regional even in the college world series because if you lose one game then it can be really tough to make your way back up but Arkansas and Tennessee I do think are the most complete teams in the tournament and you know Big 12 wise the way I'd handicap it as far as who could get to Omaha and make a run I think Texas is most likely and then I'd say TCU. And then I'd say Texas tech, but I think all three of them have really good chances to make it to the final eight and be playing in Omaha, you know, on national television at the end of the season.
0: Yeah. Very excited. Uh, Stephen, what is coming up on the podcast for you right now? Where can people find you and your work?
2: Yeah. So uh, locked on horn frogs at locked on horn frogs or at locked on TCU, excuse me, as a show's Twitter account, you can find me at Simcox, Steven, um, we'll obviously have plenty of baseball coverage and then a the recruiting dead period ended yesterday and TCU right now, they only got two commits for the 2022 class. So we are uh, very interested in, you know, who they're bringing in for official visits, what that looks like over the next few months. So, will have plenty of coverage of that as well. Uh, and Locked on Horned Frogs, you can find it wherever you get your podcast. Steven Simcox, we appreciate your time as always. Thank you, Josh.
0: All right, that will do it for this edition of today's show. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, at LOBig12. You can follow me at JoshNabors underscore. Until next time, my friends, as always, stay safe.
1: Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.